What's happening, weirdos? That's right, it's me, Val. <laughs> Surprised! Oh my god. Divine. <laughs> Just divine. I'm here to welcome yep. to, we're sort of jokingly calling this, we made it weird. It's still you made it weird. Yeah. But it's like, we made it weird. We made it weird. We just, you know, go ahead. Because it's uh, both of us. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say something. We have more time because of the quarantine. And uh, we were just like, we want to connect and have a reason to connect and talk. Mm-hmm. And we were like, let's share it with uh, with you guys. And put them out as bonus episodes. So that's what we're doing. We're going to share what we're reading, what we're learning, uh, what we're watching, yeah. and just sort of um, oh, and answer some questions. Val will Instagram uh, some question, and people already do that. Yep. Did that today, so we'll answer some of those. We got a lot of questions in, and um, we didn't have a chance to address all of them, but we will definitely keep pulling from that. So yeah. Keep DMing questions or even just like topics you'd like us to discuss. Um, and yeah, we just we have a two year old, so we don't get to actually sit down and talk that often. Actually, yeah, I said actually twice. Let's start over. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so what we're reading right now is the work of Byron Katie. Um, I, I'm mentioning this because we talk about this a lot in this episode. Um, Katie wrote this book called Loving What Is that we both read changed our lives it's about a process she's she's going to do the podcast in a couple weeks um and it's a process called inquiry where you examine your thoughts that's mm-hmm. basically all i think we really need to say yeah i and think it's great it's uh super fun and we sort of talk about how we've been doing so if we call if we say the work that's what we mean the work is asking four questions is it true am i absolutely sure that it's true or, what, yeah. is that right can i absolutely know it's true how does it make you feel when you believe that it's true? How to feel to not believe the thought? And then you do something called the turnaround where you you flip it. If the thought is, um, Bob doesn't like me, you say, Bob does like me. Mm-hmm. And then you look for ways that that's true. So anyway, let's enjoy. Yeah, I don't think we need to go on and on. <laughs> oh, I need Valerie to respect my podcast style. Is it, is it true? true? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy. It's, it's just a fun thing we wanted to do. And another excuse to check in and connect with you guys. So we hope you enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah, wait, we don't say keep it crispy. What do we say? Oh, yeah. You say get into it. Yeah. Get into it. <laughs> I want to do over. No. Check, check, check. Check your microphone. Check your microphone. There you go. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check your microphone. Something we do a lot, not that specifically, but I think the people need to know. <laughs> most superfluous podcast. Here's what you need to know. Yeah, just like I know there's a lot going on in the world. It's hard to know, like, what do I really need, need to, to know? know? You need to know that when you and I are doing something absurd, we always say, I wonder what Pete and Val are doing right now. Because we're thinking about somebody that we know. Wondering what we're doing. Can you think of an example of what we're usually doing? Um, I mean, it's always so silly. It would be... The silliest, billiest? Yeah, it would be too embarrassing to share. Because that's the whole point, is it's like... Right. No, I know. It's usually something strange. (laughs) So you don't get to know. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you do get to guess. Yeah. When I was in college, I probably, I've said everything I have to say on this podcast. That's why it's such a delight to welcome you, Valerie, to, <gasps> to We Made It Weird. Ooh, mm-hmm. and I also welcome you. <laughs> That's me, like, passive-aggressively asserting, like, this is also my podcast. It is. It's, it sure is. No. What was I going to say? Oh, no. Where is it? Um, what okay. were we talking about? Something strange. Oh, we, you need to know this. We usually are doing something strange. Oh, you started to say that you've shared everything. Yeah, but that was podcast. because it was something that I've shared before. Mm. It doesn't matter. Well, if you already shared it, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> just go back. Everybody listen to the past 400. You made me realize it's... You made me realize. You made me realize. You made me realize this point. You made me realize. Is that it's almost you been 10 years. I know. If you ask me two things. If you ask me how old I am, I'd say 24. <laughs> and if... I know. And it, I, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. I didn't think. Yes. I'd be like, I'm 24. Yeah. And if you uh, asked me how long I was doing this podcast, no matter, even when we just started, <laughs> that might not be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly for the past seven, eight years, if you asked me how long we've been doing it, I would say three years. Yes. Always. You do this with time. I'm it's not, funny because I'm great with time. I do this with time in a mic- on a micro level. I only focus on, so like it's 3.38 right now. If I was like, we need to be somewhere by 345, yeah. I'll say like any number for the first one. And then 45. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we got to get there by 1245. Yeah. Um, no, I've noticed. And you all do that on That sounds like, like I hate it. I just, I'm just saying no. for the yeah. record, I, I love it. It's one of those things that if like someone built a cyborg and they were, looked like you and smelled like you and acted like you and had all the intel mm-hmm. that you would get from podcasts like this and such. And then you were like, oh, we're going to be late. we got to be there. And it's 3.38. And you were like, we got to be there by 3.40. I would go, ha, cyborg. Because <laughs> you'd be like 1.40. Yes. But you kind of have to be in a rush. I'm not just saying that to defend you. Yeah, I you sort of You have that. to be thinking of other things. If you were focused on time, talking about time, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. And you do that on, a, on like a larger, you do that with years where you're just kind of like, I've lived in New York for 15 years. Yeah, just in general. There's a lot of, like, something that you've helped me realize is there's a lot of favorable programs running. Mm. We've talked about that in terms of, like, stand-up. Stand-ups need... It's Mike Birbiglia's great movie, Sleepwalk With Me. Uh, He's like, every comedian needs to be delusional because you have to get off stage having bombed and be like, that went pretty well. Yeah. And I I have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying I could use a few more. There's just like certain anxieties and certain like peccadillos that I'm not just like a clean running golden Tesla. <laughs> this one you'll never have to charge. That's Elon. I don't know. What does he sound like? Uh, that, I, I this can't. This one you'll never have to charge. Yeah, that's good. And I then think... I always think of Kyle going, tell me I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Am I cool? <laughs> Yeah, that that guy is an enigma to me. I can't put. Kyle? Um, <laughs> no, I know exactly who Kyle Dunn is. Yeah, he's not hiding himself. <laughs> no, he's I, so funny. I love everything about him. Or, uh, it doesn't. Oh, so anyway, but like you've helped me notice that there's like a lot of like favorable. I, the one that I always cite is like when I, even when I was a kid, I was like, I don't know where I got this, and certainly there's bad parts of this. 
but I was like, I think I'm a genius. I remember being in like third grade Mm -hmm. and I was like, no one will tell me I'm a genius because that would give me a big head. So they're keeping it from me. But I sort of lived most of my life thinking that there would be like a genius coming out party where they're like, get. But I also had it the other way. Yeah. And I still have it. Yeah. I still sometimes catch myself believing that I'm like super weird mm-hmm. and super difficult to be with. And like maybe I have like mementos disease, as it's known. <laughs> it doesn't matter what comes, you're not gonna remember a man killed your wife. Nothing sticks to you except these tattoos. This one says he killed your wife. Go and get him, Joe Patigliano. He's a John G. You kill him at the end. I'm a John G. (laughs) Mementos, the fresh maker. (laughs) He's always fresh. He's always fresh. He's the fresh maker. Makes you fresh every moment. Memento. Memento is him, but he's on a train that won't stop moving. And Did I say momento? Memento. Memento. Oh, mo problems. <laughs> I've always said about you. That was so impressive that you remembered the guy's full name. I just know John. Well, the actor D. is John Patigliano. Oh, uh, well, still pa- impressive. Pa- no, John. Jo- it's Joey Joe Pants. But John G is. I think about Memento. That movie changed my life. That movie is incredible. It sort of ties into our love of Byron Katie, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's what we were going to do. We were going to maybe share what we've been doing the work on. I think that might be fun. Yeah. Um, But her whole thing is sort of pointing you to everything is a story that you're telling yourself. So a movie like Memento is like, look, that's what you do. You keep replaying things. Oh, my God. This is a breakthrough. This is a huge breakthrough. Your brain has to keep going. Don't forget, someone killed your wife. Someone killed your wife. You need revenge. You need revenge. And if he didn't tattoo himself, he'd be fine. himself forget. He'd just be a happy guy, just eating fucking peanut butter crunch. Yes, and nobody would die. Every bite forgetting it cuts your mouth. Just every bite fresh and new. Oh my gosh, I would lo- that would be the first thing I did if I lost my If you memory. lost your ability to remember? Yeah, I'd eat Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. <laughs> By the way, if you hear a car running, we're in a car. We are parked in a car because we're hiding from our child. Yeah. <laughs> if our she's wonderful with the babysitter. nanny came today. And uh, that's boring. And I'm, I just bored myself. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about it. No. I wanted to be in this car with you. Yeah. Right now, our child doesn't exist. Because she's not in our perception in this moment. <laughs> and, but that, oh, Val, you're so good. That's why. So, Ramda, sorry, have a shot of whiskey, Pete said Ramda. <laughs> but, um, no, but nobody's mad at me for being a Ramda. Um, one guy is. Uh, Ramda says that's why you don't want to give it up. That's yeah. the dark night of the soul, is you realize that waking up is losing the highs and the lows. It's losing the. The story yeah. of how dare you fucking say that to me. Yeah. Just to jump ahead, one of the things that I did the work on, I listened to her on Russell Brand's podcast, which was just excellent. Listen to Katie. Listen to Katie, yeah. Byron Katie on, on Russell's podcast. And first of all, I was very just impressed with how great Russell is. I People are going to laugh, but I was like, I'm going to try and learn from him. He, he, he's he is just as adrenalized, aren't I? Yeah, think. And, um, <laughs> think. Think. I just have to say think to get into it. Yeah. What do you think? But he still manages to do like a very clear 
anyway, I don't want to beat myself up, but I was impressed with that. I love that. It's really cute. And why did I bring it up? <laughs> um, I'm so tired. I know. Oh, he, she on the on on that podcast was saying that like, listen to this and tell me, listeners, everybody, tell me, weirdos, if this doesn't light up your ego. If you don't know what your ego is, I'm about to light it up. I bet. Mm. If someone, if t- this morning, I said to you. Valerie, you smell like shit. I'm tired of smelling that yogurt shit. Like a guy who only eats yogurt and then shit and it's in the sun and that's what you smell like to I me. I mean, it's kind of specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just smells like shit is like, well, definitely I know I don't, but then yogurt gets involved. And I just I wanted know. to make it extra gross, like a pungent. Well, yogurt is disgusting to begin with. Yeah, I don't eat yogurt or shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like frozen yogurt. They should have called it something else ice cream <laughs> you are the queen of my life why are you cream. bringing yogurt a Ew. word that sounds like alan rickman swallowed something wrong yogurt it's also it's also andre the giant <laughs> you guys want to say bonjour yeah i have some yogurt in uh. my eye yogurt I eat some Look at the size yogurt. of my hand. Is it like a ketchup meat? <laughs> How you say yogurt? Get the word yogurt out of my dessert. Yeah. I don't care if you made it with yogurt. Yeah. You also made it with like, is Jello called horse hoof jiggle treat? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, gert. 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 Oh, and don't even start with go-gert. Oh. Yogurt on the go. Great Ellen DeGeneres. Bit. I know. I love that. She's like, I can't. I just opened a thing of yogurt. I'd, I'd love to go out. I'm in for the night. Mm. I just opened a thing of yogurt. Oh, so good. And of all the angles you could get at Gogurt. I know. Gogurt, I mean, the cheapest one is it sounds like what you say in the bedroom. I'm going to Gogurt. <laughs> yeah. That's where I go with Gogurt. That's why, you know, there's an argument to be made. Clean comedy, certainly I love dirty comedy, but Ellen, she knows Gogurt sort of sounds like a sex, like it's cheap to just say it sounds like a sex move. She was like, yeah, she- it's funny that yogurt was always a to-go thing. Yeah, the concept of it is funny. The name is funny too, but she she's like say the name and people will laugh and they don't even know that they're laughing because the name is just silly and then that's right add on to it that's the that's the degenerous the genius <laughs> so she so if I said something mean to you this morning yeah. forget it forget it was that um, and then the next day I walk in and I'm just happy and I'm like hi Val mm-hmm. and you're still replaying and projecting onto me yeah the guy that said you smell like yogurt shit yeah you're insane yeah. That's what she would say. Yeah. So this is what's sticky. Mm-hmm. This is what's fun. Everyone listening, including me when I first heard that, was like, hey, don't strip me of justice or or my right to hold on to that story and go, fuck you, you said I smell like shit. That's like what our whole society is, is fuck you, you said I smell like yogurt shit. Yes. And she's saying, I don't care. She's basically, do you want to be right or do you want to be free? That's it. And, and Ram Dass adds to that. You have a. You think you want to be free, but the first step to wanting to be to waking up and becoming free is admitting that you do not. You in quotes. You have no interest in being free because you free means. Hey, you smell like shit. Next morning. Hey, Pete. Good morning. Because you're not. You have no past. 
You have no future. You are in love with the moment and you are enthralled and you are locked in and you are in connection. Yeah. And you and your ego, she was making this point, which is just this ethereal thing that for some reason really wants to be like an object. So it tries to become like a real boy, like a Pinocchio. Yeah. By having all these aversions and attractions. Yeah. And it, it can't. It's a fucking dumbass fool's errand. And that's what the wake the woke people realize. I well, don't mean woke like you know what I mean. I yeah. Mean um, realized. I'm realized. starting to say realized because of, well, we'll get, we can I like that. But, oh, actually, I prefer I you so, not reply. <laughs> I have so much to say. <laughs> Please. No, I'll um, learn from Russell. And what do you, what does that make you think? <laughs> well, it makes me think, um, um, it's slipping away in this very moment. Wait, this is what always there's happens. so much. I'm the okay, worst. there's so much. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just turn this off and turn on under the skin. Wait, wait, wait. With Russell. <laughs> Um, okay, so I... God, it's slipping. What What did you just I say? I know what's happening to you right now. You're thinking about how it's slipping away. And then All we need to sleeping. do is retrace oh, what I Oh, I got saying. it. Okay, right. Okay, so that's originally what my resistance to Katie was. Did Remember, you, you would read it, and, and I was like, I don't think this is for me. Because I feel like my work in therapy and just over the last several years all about has been about like, like giving, using my voice and trusting that, that my body has reactions and those reactions are correct and my feelings are correct, correct and they matter and my thoughts and opinions That's right. are worth voicing and like and so standing up for myself using my voice and I think there's a time having for that boundaries. Just, just to say, when you agree there is a time for that it can help with your mental health I totally agree and I think it's I I was just saying this in, uh, to a friend today like and actually she added she's like I think it's important to have a step where you learn to really respect those things. Respect your thoughts, respect your... Because your, isn't respecting them another way of identifying them? You know what yeah. I mean? It's adding consciousness. So yeah. let's start. I needed DGP to be like, your mother didn't have boundaries. Your father, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever. How long do we have? I'm just kidding. <laughs> love you, Pop. L-U, Pop. I, I, when I say I love you, I write the letter U. JK. Love it. Um, but I needed that. Yeah. I needed that and it was essential but then when you do get to a place where you want to start letting them go at least you know where they are yeah that's so essential that's right and you've explored them and you've gotten to know them so well that it's now I feel like I am in a place where I'm like okay I've re I really know this I really know Valerie's fear I know her dark beliefs I know her that's right you know whatever and How now you- I can let them go. That's right. And that's the other thing is, so so when you're like, okay, Frank called me an idiot this morning, so I'm supposed to just pretend like that never happened, I think that it's it feels like it's going to be, you're going to become someone who lets someone walk all over them. That was my fear with this. Mm-hmm. But that is the ego's perspective on it. And you, like you said, one of the ways... The main goal of the ego is to to constantly be proving its existence. One of the main ways it can do that is through 
perceived injustices. Right. And you've been slighted. You've been wrong. Yeah. So, because it loves that. Of course, that's where good stuff is, where you're like, I am right. That person is Look wrong. Look at any movie. We love it. We love we it. Love Look it. at Memento. There's I mean. Even, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. There's even moments when I'm caught in an injustice and I catch myself loving it. Yeah. Where oh, something yeah. has gone wrong. Yes. And you catch yourself. And this is what, by the way, for those of you joining us late, as <laughs> if they're turning it on in the middle. Tuning in. We're talking about the work of Byron Katie, who wrote two books, Loving What Is, or she, we, we've read two of her books, Loving What Is and A Mind at Home With Herself. She's written other books. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's sort of what we're exploring now. Just, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know why I wanted to say that. But I, um, you know, I knew about Byron Katie for a really long time. And even listened to one of her books like a couple years ago. Yeah. And I, it's only now that I'm really getting into her and I love her so much that I'm like, how, how have I missed this? But I really think timing is everything. Totally. And time is nothing. It doesn't exist. But yeah. Still. But you said, you quoted the JC by saying it's an ears to hear thing. Meaning what happens to me over and over and over again is I get turned on by something mm-hmm. and then I start telling people about it because I kind of quietly hate that people knew about it and didn't tell me. But I think what the people that aren't blabbing and boring people about it know that maybe I'm learning is that, like, timing is everything. Yeah. So here is perfect for this bonus episode. Like, if it's resonating with you, it's great. If it doesn't, you know, see you on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm not saying give up. We'll talk about other things. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, timing is everything. And and I could have heard this five years ago and it wouldn't have done nothing for me. Yeah. But it's happening for me now. Can I... I I'm going to throw this back to you, but my example was because we're talking about like a I'm picturing it like in an office setting and someone's mean to you and Mm -hmm. it sounds like we're just saying don't stand up for yourself or don't protect yourself don't protect your child self um, and don't be careful about what you expose yourself to and of course we believe in all that I think this example might make it more clear we were hanging out with somebody Val and I I don't know if I can loop you in on this but I have trauma with, with drunk people. Mm-hmm. I, drunk grown-ups make me uncomfortable yeah. um, because of my, you know, growing up with some drunk grown-ups. And so when I'm talking to a drunk grown-up now, even though I'm a, a nine-foot-tall, 24-year-old man, mm-hmm. call back, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I become a child and I get kind of scared. Like, I think there's, like, a real danger and I get sensitive. So we were talking to somebody that just had, had a few slippery American cocktails. It wasn't a bad thing. And this is a friend that we love dearly. He was a great friend. Good friend. And he just kind of like, he was coming off to me as aggressive mm-hmm. and dismissive. Mm-hmm. Specifically, he said something like we had had a, a, a close heart-to-heart sort of talk regarding, it wasn't this, but just to kind of cloud it a little bit, regarding animals. Let's mm-hmm. say it was regarding animals. And animals came up in this sort of lubricated state, and he was sort of like, what's with you and animals? Mm-hmm. Like, just sort of like, so I was like, so we have to watch the mind here, right? Because mm-hmm. I was going, I have been betrayed. Mm-hmm. I have been insulted. I have been slighted. You are not safe. I was vulnerable with you, and you used it against me. Oh, that's already... all on my worksheet, for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's already... 
already something that your child self is afraid can't of. Can't handle. Look at what yeah. I do for a living. It's like, please listen to me. Please hear me. Like, yeah. it's heavy trauma. I, that's probably why I get upset when people say you interrupt too much because I'm like, oh, I understand. I'm probably doing it too much, but it's because of some wound. That's not to excuse it. Yeah. That's probably why it's so loaded for me. Sure. And just a general need for people to like me, blah, blah, boring. Flush <laughs> me down the turlet. <laughs> um, so in this ex- example, I was like, he uh, he was out of control, mm-hmm. and he was uncaring. I think is what I said, mm-hmm. um, and insensitive. Mm-hmm. And then when you do the work, you go, "Is that true?" Mm-hmm. And I go, "I don't know." Yeah, he was a little bit loose, but right away I go, "He's drunk. He's drunk, and he's dangerous." This is like, this is what we're saying. Therapy can do it. Yeah, a good therapist will be like, "Do you know that?" Do yeah. you, are you sure the way you were interpreting it is correct? Because I, before I even bothered, mm-hmm. just that he's holding a drink and just being a little bit looser than usual, I've already made him into basically an amalgamation of all the drunk, scary people I've ever known. Right. Even though I'm safe, everything's fine. As DGP would say, things get fucking weird. You can bounce. Mm-hmm. And that's what he would say. Just mm-hmm. get up and leave. You mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. You are free to go. Mm-hmm. Get up and leave. That's good therapy. So... When you do it, I go, I don't know that that's true. Mm-hmm. I say he was uncaring and he, and he slighted me and he was dismissive of me. I don't know what his mind was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was like, this is how I feel about you. You are stupid. I don't care about our previous conversation. Even if that's how I interpreted it, yeah. I absolutely don't know that that's true. And Katie would say, even if he, even if he did feel that way, you don't know that that's really about you. Thank you, Valerie. Yeah. He could be having a vulnerability hangover from our conversation about animals. Yeah. And instead, he can't attack himself, so he's attacking me, but really what he's attacking is his fear. Yeah. Is he's thinking, you won't love me. This is just another possibility, but it, that's the point. It's just as valid as the one that I made up, but I just stick yeah. with the one that I made up. Yeah. So it gets really good. Then you go, how did it make me, make me feel? And I go, tense. I catch myself now when I see them some, before I did the work. I was still, I was still, even though there's a new one looking in front of me. This mm-hmm. is this is the morning after someone says I smell like yogurt shit. Mm-hmm. I'm still seeing yogurt shit. I'm still seeing the drunk. He's not even drunk anymore or drinking. Yeah. Now I'm still seeing that. Yeah. Projecting a movie. Mm-hmm. He's not even there. He's yeah. just a screen. For my movie. I'm just projecting it onto him. I don't even see him. Yeah. I don't even see how he actually is. I mean, I don't see reality. Yes. And we go around doing this all the time. Yes. With strangers, with places. Right. I did it with a bumper sticker. <laughs> I was like, that person's probably not safe because they have that opinion. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? We're not awake. Yes. And then the turnaround is the best part. And I'm, then I really am going to give this to you, my love. Mm, but I, love I But I, I think it's more clear than the made up example. Yeah. Is the turnaround is when you flip it, and I said, I was drunk. Okay, I wasn't drunk, but what I, what was I? I was out of control of my mind. Yeah, yeah. I was out of control. That is the epiphany. Mm-hmm. It's like the coolest work. It's I the coolest know. feeling. You go, I was drunk and insensitive and uncaring. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and then you go, let's just sit with it and see if it has anything to tell you. Mm-hmm. How was I drunk? I was drunk because I was out of control. How was I out of control? You couldn't tell. I was just being quiet. But in my mind, just like when I would drink, I'm overconfidently building a monster and hating it. Yeah. That's what I would do when I was drunk. 
And that's what I'm still doing. That's why they have the term dry drunk. You can stop drinking. doesn't mean you stop thinking like you're drinking. Yeah. That's happening. I'm, 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 I'm a rap man. <laughs> um, and then I was, I was insensitive. I was. Yeah. I didn't care what he was going through. Everything was about me. Yeah. What did that comment mean? Yeah. Was I looking at him? Was yeah, I loving him? Were you hearing him? him at all? Was I hearing him? Was I saying, hey, you know what? To this day, I'll smoke a toki tweet, a tweet, uh-huh. and I'll get too much, or I'll be weird, or I'll be a little bit. Yeah. Does that mean I'm insensitive? I'm uncaring. I'm a monster. Yeah. I don't deserve any understanding or grace. I would give it to me. I can't give it to him. Yeah. But it's it's not even him. It's my past. Yeah. It's everything that's hurt me into one moment. Yeah. And and that's and that's what good therapy can do. That's what twelve step can do. Russell mm-hmm. was bringing up. The 12-step has a lot of parallels with this work. I could see that. And yeah. then also By- uh, Byron Katie's work, the work, which I basically just explained. That That's what it is. Yeah, it's uh, the four questions, I think, are just because it got lost in that. So can you say this? Is it true? Mm-hmm. Can you uh, absolutely uh, Well, so, yeah, is it true? Yes, he did slight me. Is it absolutely? Can you absolutely know it's true? It's often yes and then a no for me. You go, yes. And then you go, wait, no, I can't absolutely know that that's true. Yeah. And even that, there's a softening. How do you feel when you believe it? Tense, angry, afraid. How do you feel and how do you act? I I shut them off. Yeah. I avoid them. I'm afraid of talking. I don't want to see them. Mm -hmm. How would you feel if you didn't have the thought? Mm -hmm. At this point, you'd always go, oh, good. So we can see it's not him. It's your thoughts. It's your thoughts. That's it. That's what's bothering you. Yeah. And I and then I go, how would I feel about it? And almost always the first word is clear, mm-hmm. free, mm-hmm. spacious, yeah. light, happy, present, mm-hmm. joyful, infinite. You can get as colorful as you want, but it's almost always those words. Yeah. And then when you're doing it, you feel it. And then you do the turnaround. And the turnaround is really where you go, I was... I was drunk, and I was uncaring, and I was insensitive. And this is what we mean when we say the world is a projection. Yeah. And this is what we mean when we say don't believe your thoughts. Well, that's it. So so it's working from the baseline understanding of, like, although you don't need to understand this, I don't think, for the work to be effective for you. But it's coming from the idea that, like, everything is born out of your own perception, what is not from your per- perception like the yeah. whole world is exists as you know it from your perception and your perception is overlain with your thoughts of past and future constantly exactly so then you are if somebody is upsetting you you are not allowing them but like your thoughts about it are what's actually upsetting you that's right so the, I think the the even if it's back, something like if I go <laughs> usually there is a thought in there like this will never stop yeah I can't handle this he's doing this to annoy me it's like do, that's really, right he's doing this to annoy me he's trying to thwart me he doesn't care about me I'm not safe I'm a baby I'm gonna die yeah like that's what it is like do it go deep and in a <laughs> get uh, weird with it. <laughs> Uh, well, the one thing I wanted to say, I, I, I think I kind of started saying, was, like, I understand if anybody is, like, how does this not turn you into somebody that lets somebody walk the, all over them? That that is the ego's perspective. And the truth is, is when you 
what you're actually doing is so empowering. You're realizing, wait, I'm torturing myself. That's right. And you're basically making yourself untouchable. That's right. Like, it's not it's you're It's not walking, about like, oh, I'll just, I'll feel horrible inside. But I just won't but I'll say just anything because it's probably me. It's my fault. That's not what we're talking about. She's like, if you feel slighted, someone says you smell like yogurt shit. Get upset, feel upset, but know that that's a little alarm clock going off that you could unpack that. Yeah, and then if you, to your original point, if you see the next the person the next day who said you smell like yogurt shit and they're fine and then you are remembering, at that point you are holding the phrase you smell like yogurt shit and you are saying it to yourself over and over and over. That's right. You are telling, you're insulting yourself. Well, that's the turnaround. Bill, in this fake example, shouldn't have insulted me. Yeah. I should stop insulting me. Yeah. And that's when you realize he said it once. Yeah. And he moved on. And I'm the and one that believed it. you said it 50 times. Yeah. Watch your dumb mind. I, I don't want to say dumb. No, I I'm think there's a way to be... your repetitive mind. I think there's a way to be very compassionate to your mind. You can even understand that, like... It's trying to protect you. Sure. It's, it's been conditioned to think that this is reality. You don't have to hate your mind or even think that it is, like, the thing that's keeping you from, from bliss. And if, if you could just get control of it, like, that's not what this is. You, Katie says she, has, she doesn't have anything that you don't also have. She just realizes that she has it. And it's right. not about controlling the mind. It's about understanding and what kind of doing. exposing the mind. That's right. And then it loses its power. Should I share one of mine? I'd love that. Okay, so there. if you are interested in this, there's a, an app for it. It's just called the Work app, and it's a really great way to um, do it. It just takes you through the questions. I would do it in conjunction with reading Loving What Is. Yeah. Because And I would say definitely start with Loving What Is. Mm-hmm. Uh, read this, the other books later. The, starting with Loving What Is helps you understand the work. And, and really, you should start with Dianetics. This always sounds like <laughs> oh Scientology. Oh my god, I know it does. Also, the Enneagram sounds so like Scientology. Yeah. Okay. What, what can you do? So this is, I hope somebody can relate to this. I'm sure you can. The, the belief that I have is, I will fall into a major depression or have a panic attack again. Because that happened to me three years ago for a two-week period but it was so scary and and I felt like I had no control over it so I've been living for the last three years vaguely in fear always that it'll happen yeah somebody I saw somebody we asked for questions and somebody asked about psychedelics and I was like we've talked about it a a couple times maybe yeah but you just you took too much yeah or, or too Two smallish doses, but too many in a, a small amount of time. Yeah. And then you just completely had no, is it serotonin or? Yeah, d- serotonin and dopamine both, I think, got completely you had depleted. You zero. So talking to you was like talking to a car with no tires. It was just the metal things sparking on the asphalt. Yeah. It was so, I think to this day, like, we've avoided watching... Stranger Things, things that, or even not, um, not Stranger Things. Well, remember when the shadow monster oh, overtakes yeah, the boy? Oh yeah, that's true because it did feel very much like get I was out. in the upside down, and I was in the sunken place. It felt, and I hope this like 
doesn't scare anybody. I hope it, it maybe even offers solidarity, but it felt so much like I am falling into pure darkness and despair and I'm all alone in here and I can see Pete and other people trying to help me, but nothing they do can help because they're out there and I'm in here. Terrifying. Um, but I can actually tell that the work has helped with this because usually that, that experience was so traumatic that I would be like getting sweaty and anxious even talking about this right now. Um, I see that. So, so yeah, it was really scary. And then I would have like six hour long panic attacks and, um, and I just like felt like I was gone. Part, part of the panic was, is this too long to be panicking? <laughs> yeah. It's like the most Woody Allen panic attack. <laughs> and now I'm panicking for too for long. Too long. <laughs> People are going to think that I'm trying to hog the panic spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I will fall into major depression or have a panic attack again. Number one, is it true? Yes, I put that in all caps. Oh, I think they are all in all caps. Um, can you absolutely know it's true? Well, no, because when you sit with it, you're like, I guess I don't know. I can't know anything about the future is true. Right. How do you react? What happens? What do you, when you believe that thought? I'm terrified. I mean, this is real vulnerable, but that's good, right? Do you want me to be Andre the Giant? <laughs> I think this is a great work. <laughs> that wasn't one. good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's your vulnerability. That, that, that's you. actually better. You. <laughs> so how do you react when you believe that thought? I'm terrified and crying like a scared child who feels all alone. Mm. I feel like I can't take care of myself and that I am separate and alone and have no control over what happens to me. Mm. Does that thought bring you peace or stress? That's the next one. Yeah, yeah. stress. Um, what images do you see past or future, what physical sensations arise as you think that thought and witness those images. So there's like more, it goes in more in depth in the app. Um, I was a latchkey kid, so being home alone, waiting for my mom to come home and being afraid that she got into a car accident, um, having no, having a panic attack in San Francisco and the doctor saying there was nothing they could do for me because that happened. Uh, sitting on my porch, I remember sitting on the porch and like feeling that falling feeling um, and like no one outside of me could do anything or save me and I feel a contraction in my throat and chest and a sinking feeling in my stomach so I really think that that part is important to like she says over and over this is a meditation it's not there's a way to just like kind of think the answers and be really quick with it mm-hmm. and I have done that and it, it, doesn't de- it doesn't work and you need to write it down the reason you write it down is because you want to catch it yeah like I mine are even more absurd mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll do one or briefly mention one afterwards but like you have to catch your thought as, in its nakedness in its yeah. like complete childish insanity yeah and then you have to get really still because you're kind of starting... You have to quiet the mind to actually see it clearly, I think is a really good way to look at it. Yeah. Because the mind will start to defend its position. Of course, that's, and it will say, it'll be like, I, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. That's, I, well, you, you said that. I said, I'm over here. I gotta go. 
Um, that's why she said sometimes people will try to give longer answers for the first two questions. And she's like, they have to be one word because otherwise it becomes yes, but. defending your position. Yeah. Um, and so sitting and feeling that, I think it's really important. I'm like, I, I, I still very much believe in embodiment and being in your body and feeling your feelings and noticing them and the sensations um, and I don't think this contradicts it. I think this question is where you really sit. And Jack Cornfield would say, f- like, feel the feeling and then invite it to expand. And you'll see as it expands, it softens. Mm. And it's just sort of a way of looking at the monster underneath the bed and realizing it's just, it's just a sensation in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what emotions arise when you believe that thought? Terror, sadness, fear, anxiety. I feel disconnected, disappointed, and lost. Mm. Um, do any... I love this one. Do any obsessions or addictions begin to appear when you believe that thought? I overeat and watch TV or distract myself with tasks. How do you treat the person in the situation when you believe that thought? So it could be the other another person or yourself. I don't trust myself. I treat myself like a ticking time bomb, mm. a fragile person who can't be alone. I treat others as my lifeline, doing whatever I can to please them so that they will take care of me. Wow. Isn't that huge? Because, of course, you can't handle yourself. Yeah. So, really, when I'm, like, being so... Wow. That's going to blow a lot of... <laughs> Wangers off. <laughs> well, it wasn't my intention, but okay. I just mean like who can't relate to that? Like a deep down feeling of I can't handle who I am. Yeah, or I can't handle life. I'm too overwhelmed. So I'll merge and be whatever somebody, even if it's a, a bad person in my life, I'll just be like, just don't leave me. Yeah. Wow. And my therapist would say um, that it probably comes from the instinct a child has to please their parents because they know that they are, their survival is dependent yeah, on them. Yeah, that's right. So, like, I have a very... I can really identify... Like, all of this is coming from, I would say, my child self who feels small and incapable. And I do have a parent self who comes in and is like, no, we can handle this. We're mm. a grown-ass woman, and mm. I've got you, you know. Um, but, yeah, so when you're in your child self, a lot of times it's you're still trying to, or I'll speak for myself, I'm still trying to please everyone kind of as, like, a way of being like, I, I need you. I need you to take care of me. Well, what am I doing with the guy that I perceive to be boozed up? Yeah. Why was it so threatening to me mm-hmm. that he was unstable? Because I need him. Yeah. Because if he's not stable... How can he take care of me? I didn't even know that I was thinking that. I was like, this guy needs to take care of me. I might think he's unsafe, but that means even by not attacking me, I suppose, that's keeping me safe, but my safety is still in his possession. Right. You're giving, and that's the key to all of this is, that's what I mean is it's, Squarespace. Very. (laughs) Sorry. How old are you? Mailchimp. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I would say 34 now. I okay. Think. Yeah. You moved up a decade. What? 
I'm just kidding. Um, this is the key, you were saying? This is the key, is that it is so empowering, because otherwise you are giving other people the full power. Valerie. Full power to torture you, is, to insult you, oh to neglect you. That goes back to our point. It's not taking abuse. It's realizing where the abuse is coming from, and it's coming from unconscious, unexplored beliefs like... I need other people to like me mm-hmm. is a is a big one. Yeah. Or it matters if he thinks I smell. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> yeah. I know you think it does because we've been, it's been reinforced through Instagram and comment or whatever, but way before that. Yeah. You know. But why? How many Valentines did you get in your desk? <laughs> oh, that seems like a real one for you. I went to such a hippie school, I think everybody had to give you one. I feel so nostalgic and cozy when I think of those Valentines. We, my mom and I would With do that. With the little thing. ridge on the edge? Yeah. Because they were torn out of a sheet? Out of a sheet? Often, like, the one-sheet ones, the ones that there were, like, cheap ones, mm-hmm. that you tear off, like, stamps. Oh, yes, those ridges, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I was picturing, like, an intentional, like, border. Mm. Um, Things yeah. have gotten so much better. I know the world is. I just mean like <laughs> things are great. I was. I, I remember saying to Nick Kroll, I was like, "It's hard to get in touch when people are like everything's on fire. When you're at the airport and there's like a massage place and a, like a, a vino volo, and you're like, because Nick and I were walking past a vino volo, and I was like, I know the economy's. Not, this is a, a while ago. We're going through something. I know the economy is going through a thing right now, but that's a sushi place." at the airport that looks pretty good yeah. and people are in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, of course, that's a dumb un- uninvestigated thought. There's a lot of people that aren't at the airport that aren't eating. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the jokes, the joke stands. The joke stands. Um, this aggression won't stand. Okay, sorry. It's like comedians in parked cars <laughs> and one of them sometimes sipping coffee. Yeah, you are. Um, okay, I'm almost done with this. Uh, who would you be without the thought? At ease, strong, safe, connected, mm. self-assured, steady, peaceful, grounded, light, joyful, contented. Self-reliant. Self-reliant, yeah. Um, mm. So the turnaround is, there were two. Um, I won't fall into a major depression and have another panic attack. Mm-hmm. I didn't fall into a major depression and have any panic attacks Mm. meaning that's in the past that's not now that's gone that's vapor Mm. it didn't exist like why I you've heard me tell the story of this so much right and I just admitted that every time I tell this story I get a little bit flushed and re-traumatized and and sweaty so I'm doing that to myself I think it's like when you go when I go on Twitter and you're sort of subconsciously looking for a negative comment yeah. it's like we want to lick a 9 volt battery just to know that we're here Yeah. it's like any means necessary the ego is just like don't think you are at home here don't think you are everything Yeah. don't think you are one with everything I'll do anything I can to make you feel separate even yeah. to the point of like torturing you because the ego wants to exist so much and it doesn't exist unless it's separate. That's right. So it's it's only but interest is separation. So my divorce, for example, is like, of course I, I reheated that over and over and over again. It was it, it was your identity. Yeah. And everybody can relate to this. Everybody knows that person. Mine was at church 
when we tell give our testimonies, there was one girl, Linda. Linda would always milk her testimony from what I where I was sitting, and she loved it. Oh yeah, would always sit in the corner, and mine sucked. I was like, I was born into a Christian home, so I hated it because mm-hmm. I didn't get to tell a good story. Yeah. And Linda would cross her legs and just be like. It was 1982. And, like, would tell the story of some accident or whatever it was. And I was like, Linda, I've watched you tell this 50 times. But that's what we're all doing. That's what I was doing. In fact, what I didn't like about Linda in that moment was that my ego didn't have a good story to be like, have you heard the way of the samurai? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, it's no joke. And if you wrong them on their land, they will hunt you. You know what I mean? Oh like I would have loved to be able to do that. You should have done that anyway. <laughs> oh man, if I was a little gym helper. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the last turnaround is, is it? and I know this isn't necessarily exactly what the turnaround's for, but I think it works. Sometimes I just turn them into affirmations. So the last one I have is I will fall in love with life and will live worry free. Mm. Like if you are going to be telling yourself something that you don't know is true anyway go with that one <laughs> it kind of we're back to what we said at the beginning one of the maybe stranger to people things that she says is if you're t- if you have a story of that's positive yeah like why not hold on to it yeah totally and i the last thing i wanted to say about that is some of you will get into questions that people ask, but some people asked about like relationship advice and stuff. And we are by no means experts in that, but I will say, I think this thing, the work is really helpful Huge. for relationships. Somebody messaged me today on the gram. Mm-hmm. It's tricky because if I get a bad message, I don't like it. I, I'm not there yet that I can just sort of read them with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a nightmare. <laughs> you, still, you still think it's a nightmare, but you're yeah. not affecting you. Oh. Wow, I'm... Oh, look at that. I'm in hell. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny that you say that. I was, I was thinking about hell. Hell still solves nothing, because if you are a separate being in hell, mm-hmm. you could still realize that the awareness in you that's being tortured mm-hmm. in your body as it's being impaled or whatever is still a piece of the eternal living, loving consciousness that is God. Meaning, I was going to ask Stephen uh, Mitchell about this. I was like, he's coming on. Uh, He's an author. I was like... Katie's husband. Katie's husband. (laughs) You could become enlightened in hell. In fact, Mm -hmm. there's some hell mythologies that sort of lean into that, meaning that the fire and the suffering is to purify you. It's Mm. not just to endlessly torture like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Mm. But it's like as long as you think there's something suffering and there's something here and and there's that out there, Mm -hmm. this this intense boot camp is there to like purify you and wake you up. Yeah, and Katie says that. But in heaven you'd have to become enlightened too. Well, that's it. Because if you're walking around in a robe... I just wrote this down. I was like, the only heaven worth having is a complete merging with the unit of consciousness of all things. But if you're just up there and going, don't give me, I don't want to take away from people the idea that they're going to see their relatives again. But if I'm up there and there's Uncle Larry, there's still a problem. Because even though my anxiety has been replaced with an ambrosia bidet, Mm -hmm. an endless blowjob, or whatever it is that I want... Mm -hmm. Your your pain has gone now been uh, given into pleasure, mm-hmm. but can you even know pleasure if you don't have pain? If you don't know what pain is, right. you, you can't just have pleasure without yeah. at least the memory of what it feels like to suffer. Yeah, I think, or maybe let's say you could just feel pleasure. 
you're still a separate thing and no mystery has been resolved. Absolutely. Well, Katie says that about enlightenment and maybe that's in the Diamond Sutra, but it's like, it's like, even if you are thinking I am enlightened, you are one thought away from being enlightened because there, you still believe that there is a a you to be enlightened. That's right. And that's the other quote. Stephen Mitchell said, one of his Zen teachers said, or it must, maybe it was a Taoist teacher. I'm not sure. Did the Zen people talk about the Tao? I don't know. Anyway, he was saying it, to turn towards the Tao is to turn away from it. Meaning the Tao, the way, enlightenment, the kingdom of God, uh, union, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, is your natural state. Yeah. So if everybody listening is capable, and you are, of just dropping everything. We were doing this on our hike today. Mm-hmm. There's a tree. I hear Kim Ang's voice. That's Eckhart Tolle's wife. Great teacher. She says, drop the label. Yeah. Don't think tree. Just see it as mm-hmm. if for the first time. Mm-hmm. Lose it. That's getting into that naked child brain. Not a naked child brain. A, a <laughs> brain like a child that is naked, yeah. <laughs> unencumbered, and free. Yeah. And you can do it. You can do but it right now. But as soon as you... Yeah, that's right. And, and, and we we are proof of that. We're not perfect. Yeah. But you can sit in a park, and if you're able, don't don't think of how long you're doing it, because then you're just Back doing in time. for a second, and you're gone. Yeah. She would say that's a death. That's like your your fear of death. The Valerie and I that started this podcast is gone. They're dead. When I put the laptop in the back seat, that's gone. Done. Where is it? That's what she would say, we're back to memento, but that's what she would say where it's like, I need to tattoo on myself, you said I smell like shit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need to remember to go to war over a ghost mm-hmm. and k- kill and murder and interpret wrongly mm-hmm. over and over. He insulted me. Who knows what's going on in somebody else's mind? I, I'm just, I'm, you can tell I'm passionate about this stuff. I love it. I love it, too. I think it's, I mean, I think it, it, we were just talking about this today. Like, she both is, of all the teachers that we've known and loved, um, she, I would say, is both the most esoteric and the most practical. That's right. She says... I've done, and I'm not turning my back on any of my homeboys, but, and, let's say and, she talks about, like, there's a lot of writing and teaching on enlightenment um, about what enlightenment is, Mm -hmm. and that's been so essential, but she's just like, this is the how. What's displeasing to the ego is the how is so simple. In one of Stephen Mitchell's books, he, I think it's this other one I brought, which I love, The Gospel According to Jesus, it's incredible. He, he talks about, he's quoting somebody else. I actually think it might be Nietzsche. Um, and Nietzsche says that, like, the kingdom of God is within, which is weird. You never hear Nietzsche sort of... Say God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in that Yeah, way. but saying God is... I don't know. I'm not a Nietzsche expert. Mm-hmm. But here he's saying, look, the kingdom of God is within, but human egos and minds will reject that, would rather it be... You need to go to this church. You need mm-hmm. to eat this special fruit. Mm-hmm. You need to kneel. You need to do this posture. Yeah. And you need to suffer. And then you need to fast. And then you need to learn this language. Yeah. There's a great Stephen Levine story where he asked his, his Zen teacher, should I learn Chinese because the Buddha's... Stephen Levine or Stephen? Oh, I'm sorry. There's Stephen Levine's another teacher, Stephen Mitchell. 
that I learned Chinese because the Buddha's words were in Chinese or Sanskrit. And the teacher looked at him basically like he was an idiot mm -hmm. and said, the great teaching has no words. Like, mm -hmm. why would you try to get closer? That's why I can't stop thinking to turn towards the way is to turn away from it. If you are something turning towards something over there, yeah. or if your idea of God is something over there, yeah. you, you're now, you, you just kicked yourself out of the Garden of Eden. Yes. And that's why their nakedness and their freedom is a beautiful metaphor for what it feels like to be in union. Yeah. No shame. Totally. Completely provided for. This is a poem. This is I don't believe this is a literal happening, but it's the perfect image. But we keep that's why I think the genius of the of the of the writer or the writers, I'm not sure, was having our hand in it. Mm -hmm. We eat from the tree of duality. We opted into this. Mm -hmm. I like it for two reasons. One is It gives us some agency. We were with God, and we wanted to play this game, so we ate the apple. But it's also, uh, for the other reason that I was just sort of saying, it's like, we wanted, we're, we do it to ourselves. Yeah. When I'm in the park, and I start going, Pete, you just were enlightened. I just kicked myself out of the garden again. Yeah, totally. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I've been realizing how much I spend my day being like, The way that I'm feeling is wrong, meaning I should be present, dipped in, experiencing the times I like have this memory of times when I felt enlightened or felt really connected or realized or whatever. And I'm just going throughout my day, doing the dishes, being grumpy about something, doing whatever and being like, man, I, I just can't get there. And that is the only, that thought is the only That's thing. the rock in your sandal. That's the rock in my sandal. And when you drop it and even just go, all right, the body is tired. Yeah. The body is grumpy. I'm not, I can't bypass these things. I, I was feeling pretty anxious and a little bit low today. Mm. But when we were on our hike and I was going, I feel like I should be getting more out of this hike. Mm. That wasn't helping. Yeah. And if I could stop turning towards my story or turning, turning towards enlightenment and letting it drop mm -hmm. like rain, like naturally down mm -hmm. and just do less, it's hard. It's, it's hard to talk about. But I have <laughs> been doing that and I'm not, I haven't been doing it perfectly, but I have been doing that where... Let's say I'm like, I should be getting more out of this hike, which I was also thinking, because the last time I had gone on that hike was like this beautiful transcendent experience. We are so, and that's what I love about psychedelics is because it goes like, you need a little help, <laughs> you need a lift. Yeah. That's what I like about it. But, but I wish, I'm like, if Leela wasn't so active right now, if it wasn't raining or if I wasn't tired, I could really get into this tree. It's like, and I, well, this is the dream you're having. And I know that <laughs> this isn't necessarily true. Or I don't know. What happens if you let in, like, do you need help? Like, or do you have everything you need right now? I know. Do you need a lift or do you, can you do it? Well, and yeah. that's the thing is I, so if I have a moment where I'm like, I should be getting more out of this hike, that's already gone. That died. Fresh new baby moment. And right. then that died. And that, you know what I mean? So like we, we did that today when you were looking at me on the couch and I was a little in my head. Maybe I was thinking about 
whatever. When's the nanny going to get here? When are we going to go? How are we going to do the podcast? Where should we park? All these things. And you just looked at me, and I could see that you were clear. Mm. And that's one of the greatest gifts that a person can give another person. Yeah. We say that all the time. You and I talk about bullshit. Yeah. We talk about bullshit, and because we're weird, or I don't know, because we are how we are, I was talking to you about the difference yesterday in Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) When you're on your horse, it puts your gun away for you. Mm -hmm. And in Zelda, you push a button and you put your sword away. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you how much better it is Mm -hmm. that it lets you decide, do you want to ride around with your weapon out or do you want to put it in? Because I was telling you that when I play video games, and I think a lot of people do, you impose a second story onto it. Mm-hmm. When I play sports video games, it doesn't matter. I always at least pretend that I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. And I do the commentator where I'm like, he's never thrown a hit. He's, you know, he's always striking them out. Just to add more juice to it. It's like a side bet. If I was a gambler, I'd be having these side bets with myself. Mm-hmm. Or I'm telling a story about my version of what's happening in Zelda. And in the middle of this, I said, because you were going... That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> right. I remember you saw the, the Nakey Jakey video where he talked about that. I was like, yeah. And I just went, you're just loving me. <laughs> I go, we could talk about anything. But that's motherfucking it. <laughs> the scrolling, looking for the new info. What I hate about scrolling is that it's alone. There's no real mm. connection to mm. it. Uh, maybe in the commenting and the messaging there's some connection but it's like when you're just scrolling as I do mindlessly looking for a hit nothing is happening as opposed to two human beings using a discussion about Zelda and Red Dead weapon (laughs) removal options Mm -hmm. but using that as a holy moment yeah I was like oh my god you're seeing me and today on on the couch when you just looked at me it reminds you, and I hope this conversation is, it helps you stop playing those past-present movies. Yes. And that, that's a great way to understand what it means to be present. You yeah. just go, what's happening right now? I, I've been telling myself, have a better dream. Mm. If this is a dream, and I don't mean it's a meaningless nothing. Yeah. I just mean, if this is the world as I see it, have a better dream. That lizard's doing push-ups. Oh, my God. Yeah, they do that. I love when they do that. There's a lizard on a log out there, and he's doing push-ups. <laughs> he's doing he's his little, reps. He's a little Ron Funches lizard. What do you mean? Because he does push-ups? Ron's so healthy. Yeah. I could have said Kumail. It's a little too on the nose. Um, well, I would say that's what I what I started to say is, like, this is... This is what I would recommend for relationships or somebody asked about, like, how do you get through a rough patch? And I think doing the work is so helpful because you realize, and I'm sure anybody in it who has ever been in any relationship can relate to this. If Dan doesn't do the dishes, it's not that he didn't do the dishes that one time. It's that you've built a story of Dan never fucking does the dishes, never does anything. And what it means. And I have to do everything. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't respect my time. He doesn't. You've built a whole story about it. And really what happened was a man did something else except for the dishes. Like that's what actually exists. So I'm a big fan of giving each other the benefit of the doubt. And this is a really big 
part of that is like, what is actually happening and what is your story? And if you do the work on that and you still discover that there's something that you feel like you need from that other person, it at least hones in. It can be clean though. It's clean and it's clear and you can ask very kindly and in a vulnerable way, hey, I, I really need you to do the dishes every once in a while because I, I am realizing that I receive that as love and I kind of receive it as rejection when you don't. And that's something that's in me and that's something that I'm working through. How often do we say that to each other? To you today, you said sorry for something and I was like, what was it? Um, oh, I God, can't remember. I can't remember either. But, but you were like, I'm so sorry. Oh, it was when Oren texted yeah. me how to use something um, and that I st- he was borrowing from us, yeah. and I was, and I started to reply quickly. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes with people that I work with, I tend to be a little bit more blunt. Mm-hmm. And you said, "Well, maybe you should." Like you just started to tell to me, tell you what to say. And I said, very involuntarily, I just went, "I'm not going to be a jerk to him." Yeah. And I went, "Oh, I see." Like I just was like, "That wasn't you." I worry that the people that I've worked with, it's gotten, well, really, there's a lot there. I, I, I don't want to go into it. But the point is, I said that wasn't you. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. And also saying we have a good vocabulary in our relationship where, like, I receive that as love mm-hmm. is, like, I think we say that almost every day. Yeah. Like, you did the laundry. I received that as love is just, like... Yeah. Let's just cut the shit. Yeah. Like, like just, not just you and I, just, it. everybody, just fucking say it. Just say thank you. Say. Or just be vulnerable. Be, vulnerable. be naked and yeah. just go, I don't know why, but that makes me want to cry. Because before, I didn't really know what a clean house meant to you. I, I, I'm sort of a scattered, whatever you can... I just caught myself wanting to tell a story and be like, I'm a scattered artist and that's my excuse. Yeah. But like once I saw what that meant to you, now it's a pleasure to clean it up. But this is what I was also going to say. The more work you do, whether it's meditation or spiritual work or literally Katie's the work, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, the more clear I get, the more energy I have and the more clarity I have because I'm not having a fake argument with you in the shower. Yeah. I'm dealing with reality. Yes. I'm actually where the action is happening. Yeah. I'm right on the edge of the knife. Mm-hmm. And I know that I live in inf- infinite potential. Yeah. And because I'm feeling free and spacious, I have the energy to clean the house. That's exactly what I was going to say about listening to the video game. I was like, that's because, and this is where a perfect example of how, first of all, loving yourself and taking care of yourself is a necessary first step to really loving someone else, but also how everything is in your perception. So if I had been telling myself a story all day about like, God, I have to do everything or I'm so tired and I never get a break. And like, that's right. And, it's exhausting. And, and Leela is always wanting something from You're me. You're having now, a party with 30 Phantom Vals, 50 <laughs> Phantom Pete's, yeah. 25 Phantom Leela's, the the shadows and the hauntings of your childhood and your teen years it's all my the ghosts of my mom and dad and how their relationship and your nervous system is so outgunned it has no no wonder 
we snap at each other. And by the way, that story of me saying I'm not going to be a jerk is me snapping. So sometimes I'm, we're not we're not perfect yeah. at this, and we're not that's even right. experts at this. We're just sharing what we're, what we're, we're doing pretty, right now. We're pretty new at it. That's what that's what I wanted. That's what we both wanted. But if I was bonus episodes to be, yeah. If I was telling myself that story, and then I felt like, oh, I have to sit down, and now I have to listen to this about like a, a video game, that would be a completely different thing. Also, if you're watching a movie in your mind and someone starts talking to you, it's like you're watching a movie and someone starts talking to you. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. hold on, you didn't see that I was just seeing yeah. when I used to walk to the candy store in Cape Cod yeah. and how I didn't like that I couldn't get two candies? Mm-hmm. I'm, still, I'm still dealing with that. Yeah. And you dare tell me that in Red Dead Redemption... Yeah. The gun goes away automatically. Like, so if you if you're just here, yeah, that's it. So if you can be completely present, and this is, might be like an exercise if somebody's wanting some kind of relationship, something uh, assignment. <laughs> Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. You, when your partner is is talking to you about whatever, see if you can drop all the stories of who you have known them to be in the past, and just be present with them. And then maybe that's as far as it goes. But the next step would be, what is what would it feel like to listen to this person as if I am madly in love with them? Right. For your benefit, not even for theirs. Absolutely. A hundred percent for your benefit. So that who, you get to feel... Who benefit can you control? Yeah. Your benefit. It's just for you to get to experience the feeling of being in love. Well, that's why I knew... We had found something great because with Katie, everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I've been dealing with my parents for so long. And dealing with it sounds dismissive. I just mean, like, we're all unpacking how we were parented. Yeah. And, like, for the longest time, I've just not really been that in touch with them. Every once in a while, some texts and stuff. But, like, since doing this work, I call them and just talk to them. Mm-hmm. And it's been lovely. Yeah. So this isn't just like a theory. Oh, life is a dream. We're only what we think. We're just projections. Like, you can't really know what's true. Like, mm-hmm. drop the story. Those aren't just philosophies. It's me dialing a phone mm-hmm. and talking to my mom and just saying those vulnerable things. Like, I think maybe I said this last time we talked, but I was like, we had a swing set growing up. That was so nice. Mm. I really... That was really nice of you guys to get me that swing set. It meant a lot to me. Yeah. To have that place to play. Talk like someone on their de- deathbed. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I, me- I mentioned it on, on an episode. I don't know if it's come out. But somebody asked me if I was having a midlife crisis. And it's because I called their dad and gave them a oh, right. loving yeah. phone call. And I was like, you know what? That's a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. If you think I've been, got a bad diagnosis, mm. or you think I realize I have a week to live, or... That I just had some sort of weird, freaky, hippie, and la- like wake up. Yeah. I'm I'm glad. I, I would like to freak people out <laughs> with my vulnerability and my love for them. Yeah. My uh, not unconditional, not just because they're exceptional. Mm-hmm. Like it's different. If I like, I loved Jay Baruchel because I love his work. But in that chat, you mm-hmm. actually get into a space where you can love each other as as awareness. Mm-hmm. So that I'm now changing the story on that. I'm proud. I hope more people ask me what's yeah. wrong are with you. Are you going you? through you, something? Yeah, are you dying? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Live like you're dying. Live like you're dying. dying. I think that is like a, sounds like a country song. <laughs> I think it is a country song. Is that something? 
I think it. Well, it I mean, is. when you oh, it sounds like a sounds like a country song. song is a wedding singer um, reference, and you would know that if you ever wanted to watch it with me. I like it. I know. I just feel like I always I recommend you medicine it. when your tummy aches. Build you your fire when oh, the, the furnace. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh no! Somebody okay. knows it better than I do. I'm gonna read. We should probably wrap up here because we have to go somewhere. So, well, we have four or five minutes before we have to go. They said 5.30. We have to be there at 5.30. Yeah, sure. It's 15 minutes away. So we should go in 30 minutes. Yeah, if we start wrapping it up. And I asked us to bring lettuce. Oh, yeah. But we, we don't have to do that. We can. I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say... This. this is a good real moment. I'm already playing a movie in my mind to my benefit where I go... We didn't get any lettuce. <laughs> I know, and it's fine. And it's fine. Um, also, we didn't get to any questions. Let's do some questions. Okay. As a palate cleanser, I'm going to read one chapter of the Tao, the, the Tao Te Ching. It's, uh, it's very short. We join spokes together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that makes the wagon move. We shape clay into a pot, but it's the emptiness inside that holds whatever we want. We hammer wood for a house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. Mm. That's sort of what we're talking about, that like non-mind, or what Katie calls the non-knowing mind, or what Ram Dass calls the no-mind. That's Stephen Mitchell's translation of the Tao Te Ching. He's going to be on in a couple weeks. Yeah, I can't wait for that. All right, let's do some questions. Um... Questions. Well, like we if this. we were like a high produced podcast, this is when it would be like, it's time for questions. Questions. How they're going to answer Ooh. these questions. Ooh, this is a good one. Here's a good one. Okay, I'm going to keep them um, anonymous. Ramdas talks about. Someone's in, hacking us? <laughs> in relationships going from I love you to we are in love together. Yes. How do I maintain a healthy relationship with my GF where we can both be together in love and avoid emotions like jealousy and codependence? Whew. That's a great one. Well, I was going to, I was thinking about the we are in love together thing because, (laughs) because that's what I'll try to do when I'm slow and listening to you. And in that spacious place is, I remember, and we get this through gazing. I mean, I, this is like our really weird hippie stuff, is if you just like gaze at each other, you can set a timer if you want. Um, yeah, just try it a minute. Try it a minute. And set to me... Set that timer I, for chimes, guys. Be gentle with yourselves. <laughs> Not radar. Or a song. A nice song. Or a song that fades in. Mmm. Um, but when we have gazed, I can really get in touch with, like the same thing that's looking out of your eyes is looking out of my eyes but it's lo- it's like pure loving energy yeah. so you are kind of the reminder if everything's in our perception well that's what we said about Katie we were like isn't it fun that I met myself looking like Katie yeah because she says that she says yeah. I am your own heart who had to come out and be in your face in, the, in this form yeah. because your thoughts were blocking. what Val is, too, of course. So that's what it is. is it's, you're my, in my perception, and you are the reminder of a pure love. So to me, that's what 
Ramdas means by we are in love together For is sure. we're remembering the love that's inside of us. And the love or the yes that's animating everything. So in this car right now, I'm having a much easier time because it's a small confined space mm-hmm. thinking that the air is like water and it's like we're in one body of water together. Like yeah. it really feels like when I move you feel that subtle wind that I'm pushing mm-hmm. the same molecules that are sort of like caressing you or caressing me it's getting a bit erotic <laughs> Russell Brand Russell you're in the back seat I don't know are we going to have a three way of course <laughs> oh god Russell is the only man <laughs> oh call him up I mean I don't know if I'm not, I'm not sure about that <laughs> um, <laughs> meaning there's dozens of men no, so which goes to the next part of this question which is how do you deal with emotions like jealousy and codependence well we can't help you on the codependence <laughs> well we will slip into that from time to time but uh, that that's a good teacher and that's it is if you think of it as a practice so if you could do the thing like gazing or something where you really get you feel so connected and secure and Thoughtless. Get a little thoughtless in it. Being in... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, I love that. Being in love together is a feeling you have at peak sexual experiences, when you were giving birth, Mm -hmm. when we gaze in this car. Mm -hmm. But it's about connecting enough to drop the story of like, am I being codependent right now? Like that's a judgment and a thought. Or am I... Or, Jealousy exists outside of the kingdom of heaven, or mm-hmm. it exists outside of the Tao. It's a good reminder that you've slipped out of it. Yeah. You're now identifying with your story as a guy who has a girlfriend who is either interested in that barista or isn't. But mm-hmm. you, like all of that, is outside of the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. It's outside of the love that that we're talking about. So if you can get quiet enough and give yourselves. The be- like all grace is an accident remember but we want to be as accident prone as possible that's mm-hmm. not my original saying so you want to give yourself a nice walk mm-hmm. or a fireplace or um, whatever it might be mm-hmm. just some quiet time alone but it's like connect so that you can unplug and dissolve into each other into the thoughtless place because codependence and jealousy only exists in the thinking place right. and you want to get to the place where you're just in the yeah. being place that's really nice I agree and edit I like that out that. <laughs> um, Katie's not here and I would go ahead and say like be easy on yourselves because like anything this is a practice so I'd actually rather you didn't so jealousy is going to come up and codependence is going to come up and other a million other things are going to come up and it's just about the return you can always begin again it's about yeah exactly like sharon um don't beat yourself up for stepping off the path for a second just use the discomfort of being off of it as your reminder to come back into it because your story she's interested in someone else isn't true in that moment yeah you know that's right like and 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 even the story of that means there's less love for me isn't true in that moment but that's why you and i have been conceptually open we're not open but like but if russell brand were in the back seat (laughs) i would give his salad a little toss oh we gotta get lettuce Um, (laughs) (laughs) that reminded you we needed lettuce (laughs) i'm saying 
Yeah, we, we got it. We're not, we also aren't saying you have to be open. We, I mean, Katie, for example, is in a monogamous relationship. And oh, that's what we were saying. She's mentioned that. No, it's not even about openness, but it's about like if Val left, one of my goals, I'd like to think I'm there. But is if you, if you were like, I really need to go and be with Russell Brand. Yeah. My goal and the point of all this work, it's not just calling your parents. Mm-hmm. It's getting to a place where you realize that if they're happy doing that, that that makes you happy. That's right. And Katie says that in the book. She does, She's yeah. like, if you're, can you, if, you know, the love of your life wants to leave you, can you happily help them pack their bags and be yeah. so excited for them that they're going to live a better life? Right. Because you are you realize that you being in love with them actually has nothing to do with them. This is, that's absolutely right. And this is why the ego doesn't want you to wake up because as soon as you do, you're going to give your, and we see this with Leela. Leela eats my entire lunch all the time. (laughs) Yes. And that's why the ego is like, don't fall in love with everybody because I'm in love with Leela in, in the dad way, you know? Yeah. And if she wants to eat my entire lunch, which she does, it's not even a thought. Yeah. Same with you. Uh, you know, maybe save me one of those things. <laughs> yeah, because I know better. <laughs> but um, yeah, but but that's that's what we're talking about. Like extreme freedom and extreme love is not comfortable to the ego. It, it's yeah. sitting down with a homeless person and hugging them. It's it's like it's a very shaky place, but it's actually the only real place. No, it's all, all that exists, and maybe not even that. Uh, well, cer- certainly not even that. I um, I feel like we should do two of the silly questions. Hit it. Um, One. And then I just want to say, I like felt incredibly moved by all of your questions. First of all, that you guys like took the time to ask questions. Edit this out. And they were so thoughtful and specific and... Um, I don't know. I just felt very moved by that. So if your question didn't get answered, we'll just do it next time. We will definitely be like using this as a pool to draw from. So I think keep people listening. like it if you mention their names. Well, but that one is, I don't know. Okay. I guess I should ask. The, the screen name is Codependent Jealous Man. <laughs> Aww. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not judging. So one. I'm, I'm having fun with fun. One person said, and I can't find it now, but basically was like, you've mentioned that you turn every song into New York, New York. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so. Well, we do it effortlessly. It's sometimes hard to think of a song that leads into it, but the truth but is any of them lead into it. Kind of do it. So, like, let's say we're singing. Into the unknown. <laughs> Frozen 2. Okay, we need a better ending. We have to do, like, um, um, okay, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are up above the world so high, and like a little in the sky, how I wonder what you are. It's really fun. If you do take this as a relationship or a friend bit for your lives, the best payout is that you start knowing it's going to happen. Yeah. Like someone will just be singing and just be like, 
And that's why the lady is a tramp. <laughs> it's like I think part of the joy of it is like the song is over, but it's this unrequested encore, which is what an encore is, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Although you do request, yeah. It. But like that—that—that's real joy. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a great bit, and it works for almost every song. Pete somehow picked the only song. Yeah, into the unknown. It, yeah. No, I would have. We could have found a way. Um, you just force it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there are some songs you'll see just slide right in, like Butter like Down Russell a- Brand's Back. Butter Down Russell Brand's Back. I mean, we're just enjoying the beauty of Russell Brand. Why not? Just inside and out, just a real treat. Yes. Um, the second one was a request to do a laugh, fake laugh to real laugh. Uh, haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Do we think we can do it? Yeah, ready? (laughs) (laughs) That was a real one. We'll do real to fake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yorkout. 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 We talked about this. What are you doing? Like, what do you do? What command are you giving? I know. Everyone can do this. I know you're closing your throat, so you just like... But it's not like... You send the thought in there to go like, just this part. And just for fun. (laughs) And just for fun. Don't do it on your windpipe, because you'll die. But do it... But you can't. I guess there's no muscle there. Mm. But we talked about this, and I'll keep it real brief. If I'm going to sing... Keep it crispy. I know. (laughs) We're almost done. (laughs) I just think it's incredible that you have muscle memory. Yeah. I can remember the the contraction of my throat for the note that I'm thinking in my mind. We're done. I don't have to go over and over. Uh, uh, So if you hear in your head, I can then go. Yeah. It's so weird. What? I know. Fucking insane. You have an inner ear. Well, that. You have a mind. That's the first part. I. (laughs) I, Valerie, I mean, that's the whole thing. I know. It's the whole thing, and it's staring us right in the fucking face. I know. I love you. Um, let's. Oh, that's are it we for gonna? The questions? Well, I mean, there's so much more, but it's five, and we gotta get lettuce. Okay. Um, do we I'm wanna? I'm not getting lettuce. <laughs> yeah, do it'll be wanna... our tradition to end with a Mary Oliver poem. Um. Okay. Ooh. And Val will read it. And I'll read it, and I'll try to do a good job. I hope my Tao Te Ching thing was well received. That's one of my favorites. I thought that was really good, and I'm sorry that I was looking for questions while you were reading I need that. Valerie to look at me when I read a poem. Is that true? No. See, what's beautiful about that one last thing is that you realize that you're all you need. Because that's you're right. everything. That's right. And everything else is just a story. So even when she's talking about, like, you can be in a terrible situation and be okay, she means because you are the infinite everything because you are creating this reality at every turn um i like this poem because it has the word resplendently Mm, the adverb Mm. okay it's called white flowers last night in the fields i lay down in the darkness to think about death but instead i fell asleep as if in a vast and sloping room filled with those white flowers that open all summer, sticky and untidy, in the warm fields. 
When I awoke, the morning light was just slipping in front of the stars as I was covered with blossoms. I don't know what, how it happened. I don't know if my body went diving down into the sugary vines in some sleep-sharpened affinity with the depths or whether that green energy rose like a wave and curled over me, claiming me in its husky arms. I pushed them away, but I didn't rise. Never in my life had I felt so plush or so slippery or so resplendently empty. Never in my life had I felt myself so near that porous line where my own body was done with and the roots and the stems and the flowers began. Mm. So good. Oh, she cool. sat down to think about death and then just got absorbed by a flower. Yes. Mary Oliver, you, you will bury us all. <laughs> That's also my favorite musical. What? Porous line. <laughs> oh my God! Da, 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 da. Oh my god, how do they do that? So high. This is a delight, Valerie. Yeah, I really like talking to you. I love this. I mean, it's one of my favorite ways to connect with people, so I'm glad that we'll we'll be doing it I on know, these Fridays. Because we usually get just like five minute we get to have a conversation in five minute and it's one of the things that's hard for me as a as a parent is that like you're my favorite person and I wanna tell you something. We we were talking about how like for better or worse, I like to reflect myself off of you and, and, and see it through your eyes and, and join it with you. I'm the same with so you. So I'll be trying to tell you something. And Leela's the love of my life. She can have my whole sandwich and she can have my whole life. <laughs> but, like, I'm just trying to keep us together. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, that's... I had this dream and I had... And Leela's like, cacker, cacker. And, and then at the Kaka. end you just go like, it doesn't... I know this happens to me all the time. Yeah. You were jumping with her, or she was jumping into your arms off of a huge rock in a river today, and it was so beautiful. And I had something really stupid that I wanted to tell you about what a sleep consultant said, and I had to be like, Forget "Stop! It. What yeah. could be better than what's happening right now?" Well, that's that's the benefit. That's the payoff of the work as well. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a lot of surrender involved? Yeah. And even when something's annoying, that that thing, like, you think it's going to... You're telling yourself a story that's going to happen forever. Mm-hmm. She did the, Katie already did the podcast. It'll be out in a couple of weeks, um, the way scheduling is working. We were talking about, like, when I hear noise, it really bothers me. But, like, because of this work, I've realized one of the uninvestigated thoughts behind that suffering is it's never going to stop. Mm, yeah, yeah. You laugh when you realize them. You yeah. laugh. It's really yeah. it's fun stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad that we got to do this. So do it as much as you can with levity and with a sense of humor, um, because it's okay and be resplend- resplendently empty. Yeah. <laughs> Keep, Keep it. Yeah, good. Crispy. Crispy. I dropped my wedding ring. 
You're always dropping it. <laughs> I need Val to wear the wedding ring. Is that true? Yeah. Um, love to you guys. Be good to each other. I don't know why I'm drawing this out. I guess I'm enjoying it so much I don't <laughs> want it to be over. We gotta get lettuce. We're not getting lettuce. And Val, you say the last thing. I'm always I'm a last word hog. We already said it. Keep it crispy? Or what?